This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the number one diesel truck podcast on iTunes. And today's episode has come, again, directly from you guys. You've said that you wanted more Ford OBS content, specifically, you know, how reliable are the 94 to 97 trucks? What can you do to them? Is there aftermarket support? So we got some gurus on today. The, the guys over at CP Attic, they specialize in Ford OBS trucks. And we're going to go through, you know, what kind of things should you look for? If you come across a used one, are there any common problems? What are some fixes? And then how much power can you get out of them? How reliable can they be if you want to use them for work or just towing a trailer, having fun with? So we're really excited to bring you guys this episode. Before we get to it, we want to give a shout out to two of our sponsors who help make episodes like this one possible. The first is Amsoil with race season and you know, towing trailer season coming up and vacations and all that stuff. It's a great time to get caught up on some maintenance and Amsoil has a complete line of products for your diesel truck from filters, oil, tons of different things. So make sure you check out Amsoil. You can order direct off their site, give them a call. If you have any questions like that, there's a ton of information on their site as well. And then Alligator Performance. Alligator's got some sales going right now. You don't want to miss them. Make sure you sign up for their newsletter. Let's go to alligatorperformance.com. You can browse anything, whether you got a Cummins, Duramax, PowerStroke. You've got a simple, easy-to-use website. And the guys are really friendly. So if you call in, have a question, Maybe you're doing a build and you just don't know which way to go. Really knowledgeable, friendly staff over there. Make sure you hit them up. All right, guys, let's get to the podcast talking about 94.5 to 97 Ford OBS Power Strokes. Chris and Paul, it is great to have you on the Diesel Podcast today. I know we kind of go way back. We met each other a long time ago. And, and uh, when I was thinking of, hey, we've got to talk about some Ford OBS Power Strokes, I thought of you guys. So I'm really glad to have you on the podcast today. And I pick your brain and ask you a bunch of questions on these 94 and 97 trucks. Awesome, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're glad to be here. Yeah, I had a guy recently uh, message us in on Instagram. He's like, hey, I love the show, uh, but you guys never talk about OBS Power Strokes. You guys not like them? I'm like, no, I do, <laughs> but l- let me reach out to Chris and Paul and, and chat with you guys. And I think what's going on, and, and I think it's a trend in diesel that's been going for a while, is like there's either a personal connection that someone has to some of the older trucks, or they don't want to deal with the newer ones and all the different electronics and challenges that they have, and they're looking at older diesel trucks. And I wanted to ask you, you know, for 94 to 97, what kind of things are people looking for in those trucks? Why are people gravitating towards them? So I have an opinion on that. I don't really have any fact base, I guess, per se, but... I feel like a lot of people, this is where their love for diesel trucks started was the 94 to 97 Power Stroke. Sure, there was the 6.9 and the 7.3 IDI stuff along with the original 12-valve trucks. But as far as like styling, comfort, and dependability, it started with the 94.5 Power Stroke when they came out. And... It was kind of right about the same time where the uh, where the second gen 12 valve showed up. Too, yeah, so. and and people are you know highly seeking the the second gen 12 valves, but it it's, it was where I think where diesel performance started because this is when people started modifying them uh, more so than they did the IDIs because I mean ATS had the turbo kits and Banks had the turbo kits for the IDIs and I think it gave them like a whole hundred horsepower total. <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the advent of adding electronics to the truck and, and people like TS, you know, coming out with a six-position chip and stuff like that for them really kind of opened everybody's eyes to what you could do with a diesel truck. You know, it was, it was you know, bolts on horsepower but still reliable. You could still tow your boat with it. You could still tow your tractor with it and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm not as up on the Cummins as I should be, especially those year models, but I'm almost almost positive that the Ford Power Stroke had just a touch more horsepower in 94 than the 12 out did on the VE trucks. Late at night, I've been, I've been going through, like, forums and different, you know, sites where they sell trucks and stuff and, and looking around. And one of the questions that, that popped up to me is, you know, I'm, I'm looking around, and, it, like, say any year range is open, and I can find, like, an 06 LBZ or 5.9 Common Rail, and the thing costs twenty to twenty-five grand. It's got three hundred thirty thousand miles on it. Who knows in its life what's been done to it, or how many burnouts it's done, or anything like that. But once I start to get into the Ford OBS range, it's like I can find cleaner trucks. I can find them with lower miles, and I know that they weren't hot rotted around, or they weren't, you know, really just beat to death, you know, every test and tune or, or everything like that. And I think that part of that is is what's driving the interest in it, is you can find a, a clean truck, something with lower miles, and be able to kind like, of make it how you want. A lot of times what uh, what you find with those clean low miles trucks is Grandpa bought the truck new. It's been parked in a garage its whole life. You know, and I think that's there's a, there's a real seek for that barn find, you know, and people are starting to think that, you know, these trucks are old enough now that, that you kind of get that, that barn find feel with it, and you're like, you got this truck that looks like it came from 97, you know. I, yeah. I, think, I think to add to that, I think people respected the trucks when they bought them. They were more expensive to buy than anything else on the market at the time, and they kind of had more of a, I guess for lack of a better word, they had more of a respect for what they bought and they paid their hard-earned money for, and they tried to keep it nicer. Now let's also put in that same breath that it was it was an electronic truck so there wasn't a whole lot of upgrades per se that were available for that power stroke during that time unlike the the 12 valve trucks that were still mechanical and you know injectors and pumps and stuff like that were pretty easy to turn up and add horsepower to so the power stroke never had a whole lot of extra horsepower added so people didn't hot rod them and burn them out for lack of a better word if if that makes sense. Now, if someone's out there looking at this year range truck, what do you guys look for? What is what do you tell people? Or if you guys are looking to to pick one up to add it to the to the fleet, what are some things to look for when you go to either you know someone's driveway or you see it on a lot or something like that to check one out? A hundred percent original, no modifications, stock exhaust on it, stock intake on it, the engine cover still on it, original paint on it you know, original wheels and tires, even if they're the steel wheels with the sunflower hubcaps on them, is as original as possible is the best the best key. That and and the the care given to the truck over its life. It could be all original but look like a hammered golf ball and it's not worth anything or, or not quote unquote valuable because it's been treated rough its whole life. But that truck that's got original shiny paint on it still with pretty much all original features that means whoever had it took cared care of it. For it. Yeah. They cared for that truck. It, it's like finding a, a an antique vet somewhere. You know, it's it's getting to that point. I guess I should say. Well, and it, it comes down too to 
you know, you know, past that, you know, your, your typical check for leaks, check for, you know, if they've got maintenance records, stuff like that, you know. And these trucks are, I think, one of the things that drives people to these trucks is that they are so simple. You know, you can kind of look at them and they don't have independent <clears throat> front suspension that's all wore out like the like the Duramaxes do. They don't have, um, you know, dash problems and things like that. So they're really sound trucks, but they're really simple. You know, the one computer runs the whole thing. Uh, they don't have a, an engine computer and a and an instrument cluster computer. And you know, these new trucks have 15 or 20 computers in them. So there's, you know, but it gets back to the basics of uh, of you know making sure that they serviced them well, making sure that everything looks like it's been you know greased well and Otherwise, it's, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, it's simple, you know what I mean? People try to overcomplicate buying these trucks, and you really just need to look for, you know, somebody that's cared, cared for them well, if that makes sense. Now, are there any common issues, even if someone took care of it and it was, you know, kind of babied its whole life, just things that happen with age or with use that, you guys find you have to fix or recondition or anything like that? Yeah, typically the the dipstick mount leaks. Usually the fuel bowl lines are leaking because the rubber has gotten hard over the years and it's typically dripping. And but honestly, and every one of them needs a dash pad. Yeah, the dash pad, the <laughs> dash pads crack. But the, I mean, the the most common issue is is people ripping the the, the doors had thin metal. And they rip the door handles out of the the door. We've got a little fixed plate that we sell for those things that that reinforces the the door skin plate basically and remounts the hinge, the actual handle hinge. I know you've seen those OBS trucks that's got the broke out door handle in it. You have to open, roll the window down to open the door or whatever. Um, oh yeah, but it's super common problem on those trucks. I bet we sell forty of those reinforcement plates a month. But we're, we're out driver seat from sliding in and out. And then wore out door pin uh, hinges from pushing yourself into the truck with the, the pad on the door. Other than that, there's really not a lot. Now, having said that, we're in Texas, not in the northeast. <laughs> up there, I mean, there's a whole plethora of what could be wrong with a truck up there from Swiss cheese frames to rusted out fenders. But for the most of the country that doesn't deal with salt on the roads, I mean, there's really a bunch of simple stuff. You know, fuel lines door hinge pins, dash pads, and seat fabric, and that's really pretty much all there is to a power stroke besides a, a cam sensor. And, I mean, if anybody's ever heard the word 7.3 power stroke, first thing they think of is cam sensor. So I can't tell you how many of those trucks we've bought that's had a cam sensor in the glove box after you, you know, get to cleaning it out. <laughs> but but there, there really is not, I mean, like Chris was saying, the you know the the front ends aren't wore out, the rear ends aren't wore out. Typically, the the trans is not wore out because it's not had you know a, a large amount of power put through it its whole life. Well, really and truly, though, the E four hundred is about the best transmission that they made. It's basically the same thing as a four one hundred. And how many how many drag trucks are using four one hundred? You know, back in sixteen hundred horsepower. So, but I mean, they didn't really have per se oil leaks on them like. Uh, like most motors do, that, and there's there's potential for leaks, but nine times out of ten, if you come across a truck that has been maintained, it does not leak oil. All right, so I've seen the suspension on some of the 94, 97 trucks, and I look at it, and I'm like, how well does this ride or can it ride? 
what do you guys see on the suspension side for those those uh, those trucks? That's probably <clears throat> one of the biggest things that we deal with with these trucks. You know, that's the the most common thing is people want a good ride. Um, so we've got we've got a couple of solutions for that. And the most common is uh, is doing a what they call a reverse shackle. The 94 to or the 99 to 04 trucks uh, came kind of came this way. It basically takes the where the shackle mount is at the front of the spring and moves it to the rear. Um, what that does is that creates a uh, more of a pivot point for the front axle when you're hitting potholes and things like that. Okay. And that that allows you to um, that allows the spring to have a little more mobility. Um, what happened was basically Ford built the 94 to, or I guess really probably the 92 to 90, 97 trucks. They built them with uh, with the shackle in the front. I mean, they started in 80 doing that way. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so basically, 80 to 97, they were built with with the shackle in the front and the fixed point at the rear of the spring. So there's no no room for movement going down the road for the for the front axle. It gives no no forgiveness basically. Um, you can even go so far on these these trucks now that you can buy reverse shackles that use the Super Duty spring, which is roughly four inches longer than the factory spring on the OBS trucks that have different tensile strengths too for different rides and different lifts based off of using factory springs. Um, and even for some of the people that this they bought this truck now to be their, I will say quote unquote everything. There's kits to use 08 axles. Uh, 08 to, to o, 05, 05 to 19. Yeah, I'm sorry, 05 to 19 axles in the truck. So you got bigger disc brakes, unit bearings in them, uh, coal spring fronts, you know, radius arms where you can four link, three link, whatever you want to do, and even use the the rear axle in in the truck and have disc brakes on the rear instead of the factory drum brakes and all that. And you get a new newer lug pattern with more wheel choices and more tire choices, things like that. So well, it, it turns ride quality into a modern Super Duty, but you know, without the electronics and all the other stuff like we were talking earlier. That's cool. So there's a ton of choices out there then to be able to to really customize. It's a, that's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, you can you can go old school and and put you know, a 12-pack of leaf springs under the front of the truck with triple shocks on the front and be 1995 <laughs> all over again. Or you can or you can swap a set of 08 axles into the truck and have 10 inches of lift on coil springs with four links and powder-coated suspension and have 22 by 14 wheels and 40s on the truck. It, I mean, it really, you know. What's so crazy about, like, right now is, is there are both of those options that are, you know, super popular for people to build. You know, you've got the guys that, that build the big wheel trucks and all that stuff, you know, basically the stuff you see at SEMA and everything. And then you got the guy that's, that, you know, liked the stuff from the 80s, and he's building a truck on uh, weld super singles, you know, some 16-inch weld super singles and, and uh, boggers. <clears throat> This truck, this, this body so, style kind of fits well with both of those, which is kind of cool. That's what I was just going to say. Like on, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, different shows and things like that, you can see everything. It's almost like an older body style with everything new or almost that retro build. And I think, I think that's one of the things that really fuels the popularity with this, this truck is, you know, for the guys that had them, you know, maybe in high school or that was the first, you know, diesel truck they were around. And now later in life, they've got the money to sink into it, and they want to 
they want to make it look like how it did, or it's someone who's just getting into trucks and they want to, you know, kind of bring it into, you know, kind of the creature comforts that the newer trucks have. You can do that. That's that's a hundred percent it. That's absolutely yep. it. It's um, it it's kind of cool, you know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really say like the Swiss Army knife, but I mean it kind of is. You know, there's so much customization that you can do to these things, and you know you can these new Super Duties they cost seventy five, eighty thousand dollars, you know, and nobody has the I guess people do, but you know, you don't want to spend the, the $75,000, $80,000 and then spend another twenty dollars or $30,000 on customizing the truck when you could buy one of these trucks for somewhere between fifteen and thirty nowadays, you know, just depending on the truck and the miles that's on it. And um, and then, you know, spend another twenty, and you're still under what the what just a new Super Duty costs. That's true, and it kind of leads into the next part that I know a lot of, I mean, we're buying diesels because we like torque, right? Is 100%. what is it, what is the aftermarket like for the turbos, for injectors, for the whole power part of it? What can you do with them? I mean, you can you can create a especially an OBS 7.3. You can make 600 horsepower pretty reliably on a on an OBS platform. You throw a T4 turbo mount on it, big oil pump, a set of big injectors in it, and get rid of the mechanical fuel pump and go with electronic fuel. And man, it's I mean, all day long getting the thing fired up and drive it, and no worries, you know. I think there's a big misconception yeah. with people on on seven threes. Everybody thinks they're either you know a a lost cause or you know dinosaur platform or whatever. But I mean, you you've got people like Matt Mayer that's got a truck that he dailies, at least he used to daily. I don't know if he still does or not, but uh, but it was 1,300 horsepower. I mean, you know, everybody knows that that a Cummins will do that, but. There's just not that many people, I guess, that have that have found out that you can really do that with a 7.3. I mean, Matt Cubics in his Mustang uh, ran a 7.9 at 192 miles an hour with his 7.3. So, I mean, you've got everything from um, basic bolt-in, you know, modified injectors and, you know, modified high-pressure oil pumps and turbo wheels to full turbo kits you can buy for these things. Diesel Site just uh, just released a, a ball bearing turbo kit for them. It's a complete drop in, you know, deletes the exhaust back pressure valve and and um 100% bolt in 66 millimeter charger, which and it's very very affordable for you know what you would consider a turbo kit to be. That's the part where like it was kind of the horsepower torque war that's going on with the new trucks now. It's like the new Ram hits, what, like a 1,000 foot-pounds, it's like everybody loses their minds, right, that you can go out <laughs> and spend sixty to $75,000 and have a 1,000 foot-pounds. But yeah, exactly. you can also <laughs> do that with probably, you know, like you were saying, buying the truck and modifying it, you're maybe 30, 40 grand into it, and have more than a 1,000 foot-pounds and still be under the total cost, including the truck, to do I, so. I think I think – the the thing that people lose their minds over on the on the thousand foot pounds in a new truck is a it's a new truck so you got that beautiful new truck smell that people seem to love and then you can drive around town in your flashy new truck and go look at me I got my new truck you know versus being in an older truck that may or may not have power windows in it maybe a five speed maybe an automatic you know and and just doesn't have all the creature comforts that the new trucks have but you can take and make the old truck your own based off your own taste with mods and still be in a realistic amount of money. 
you know, versus versus buying a new truck. There's there's one thing that I can guarantee you on a, on say like an OBS truck, a, an older truck like that. It, and there's people that own both, right? They have a brand new truck and they have a really nice OBS because like the guy you were saying a while ago that wants his truck back he drove in high school or, you know, wants his dad's truck back that his dad bought new or whatever. Um, that guy will get more attention driving his OBS to Walmart or to the gas station than he ever will in that brand new truck. It's there's but no question. Asked. You could you could take a 19 or, or 20 Super Duty crew cab short bed four wheel drive, and take a 97 white crew cab short bed four wheel drive, and do the same exact mods on them, same lift, same wheels, same tires, same headlights, tail lights, etc. Because they have some of the same style body lines and whatnot. Drive the white Super Duty to the gas station, like Chris said, or drive the OBS to the gas station, and guess who's going to be asked to buy which truck first? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, well, or, I think it... Or, go ahead. It, it kind of goes back to, I think, more of a general thing with diesels, and well, being an enthusiast of them, is that kind of independent spirit, that you know, driving something that isn't the majority of vehicles on the road here in the United States. We want to be different. We, we like that independent streak. We like, I think, being kind of unique and, and and just different. And, yeah, I mean, I could drive down the interstate this afternoon, and I'm going to see some new power strokes. I'm going to see some, some new you know, Duramaxes, Cummins trucks. But how many clean 20, 25-year-old trucks am I going to see? Not very think, many. So that's going to grab my attention. I think that's something that's kind of ingrained in us as Americans is like we want to be different, we want to be better, and we want to have the coolest stuff. And you know, it's just that's just a thing. You know, I don't I don't really know what to call it, but we all have it. You know, if you if you uh, you know, I guess are a true red blooded American, you want to be you know you you want to be the best. So being able to have something like that, you know, it's not something you can just go buy off the shelf, basically, like a new truck is. On the on the engine side, and I bring this up because we we just did an episode with a guy that he bought an OBS and he got it right about to that 600 horse mark um, with a 7.3, and then he did the 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 fun and swap that we all hear about and oh, tractor motor he, he did the tractor <laughs> motor and <laughs> and you know he, he wanted to hit a certain power goal with it, but yeah. I think most owners regardless of brand, we don't want to do a motor swap. We don't want to do a transmission swap. We don't want to get that far into it. We're looking for the reliability and the longevity. How reliable is the the 94.5 to 97 7.3 engine and kind of platform for putting high miles on, for, for towing with it, and just using it every day? So, so we're in Texas, right, and it takes two hours to go anywhere. Like, you know, load up to go to Walmart, and it's going to be two hours to go anywhere. So Texas, every truck you come across, especially 25-year-old trucks, have high miles on them. Now, an OBS truck only got to 399,999, and then it rolls back to 300,000. So if the odometer's rolled over to 300,000, you don't know if that's 600,000 miles, if that's 800,000 miles, or if that's actually just 300,000 miles. But... We see so many of them, 380, 390,000 miles, and as long as they had regular maintenance, you know, somebody changed the oil, somebody did the wheel bearing, somebody greased the front end, you know, did services on the trannies, they're still going, they're still driving, they're still working. I mean, we passed two yesterday hauling tractors here in town. 
to the hay field, they're they're still on the road and still working with minimal, quote unquote, effort. Yeah, I mean, you, you see a lot of these trucks; they'll never even have the valve covers off, and have over three hundred thousand miles on them. You know, you just you don't get that out of a new truck. It just doesn't happen. You know, uh, and then you know, infamous. Uh, older diesel trucks, they always got good fuel mileage. You know, these trucks were 20 miles to the gallon if you drove them, if you drove them respectfully. You know, so many people try to drive 85, 90 miles an hour, and you, you're not going to do it in one of these trucks. But you know, you drive 65, 70, you're going to get 20 miles to the gallon. So not only are you getting fantastic fuel mileage, but you've got fantastic reliability. I mean, I daily a 95 F350, and I wouldn't hesitate to drive the thing to. Well, I tell you what, we've got a we've got a trip planned uh, in June that we're gonna uh, that I'm gonna drive mine from Texas to Oregon. Uh, I think we've figured something like 4,000 4, mile round trip. It doesn't worry me at all, you know. That's what's so cool about about talking about older trucks is it's kind of I, I think with you know as we we both see all different the new ones, the old ones, the performance trends all that kind of stuff. It's like when we step back in time a little bit, a lot of these things that we stress about on the new ones, they don't exist on, you know, the, the, the 94 and a half, 97 trucks. And I honestly so think that's, that's part of where the, uh, the drive for these trucks comes from too. You know, you, it's the simplicity. It's the not having the um, emissions hardware, not having the uh, extra computers, all of the electronics. Not having the stuff that, that really goes bad on those trucks, you know. Most of the time, let's, let's, let's say like a 2016 Cummins, you know. The ECM doesn't hardly ever go bad. But, you know, the instrument cluster might go out, or the body control module might go out, or, you know, who knows what. Well, those don't exist on these trucks. They just don't. I think you guys are talking me into looking into, looking into an older power stroke. Make me go to the dark <laughs> side over here. <laughs> Well, it would be about. Uh, <laughs> hey, I know I got to supply you some parts. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask you guys about that. You'd mentioned the, the the fix for the doors, but what else do you guys offer for these trucks for reliability, performance? That you know, basically anything to fit on a ninety-four and a half, ninety-seven truck. Man, we have tried to become a one-stop shop for these things because it was a it was a place that people had left behind because. The newer is the best, right? So that's what everybody swings towards, and they, they kind of forget about the older stuff. While the older stuff is out there working every day and needing to be fixed or repaired or, or just modified, so, I mean, from suspension to little trinket parts, I mean, we pretty much carry everything in between, and we add new stuff pretty well daily to that list. And stuff that's been obsolete for years, we've we've tried to find platforms to get things remade and, and redone so that when you're, you know, I think in another 10 or 15 years, these trucks are going to go from trying to buy clean, low-mile, as Chris said, you know, barn finds to just finding trucks that are in decent shape and stripping them and painting them and redoing the interior and, and basically doing resto mods on them because... That's where the market is going for these trucks. There are definitely <clears throat> guys that are doing that now. Where they've, uh, I, I bet I've got 15 or 20 customers that are, they have their trucks stripped down to bare frame, and they're going back with them from bare frame. But it's only going to increase. I mean, look at how many people restore 60s model F100s or 40s model Ford cars or you know or early Broncos. Or, yeah, look at our, look at the early Bronco market and what that did. 
Um, so uh, it's it's only gonna it's only gonna get to that point. So we're and we're we're looking into trying to get to the point where basically you can call us up and get anything you could possibly need for one of these trucks. I mean, maybe it's not all listed on the site right now, but we are working every day to add new products and new things that you could possibly need for these trucks. We're going to have to push Seth a little harder to get some stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so cool. I mean, and you guys, this is your 10-year anniversary, right? Yeah, yeah this, April, this month, actually. April 6th? April 6th. April 6th, we were in business 10 years. So you guys have seen it all. And one of the cool things about having followed diesel for so long, I think we both can identify with is, you know, there used to be a time where somebody call in and say, hey, you know, I got this 96 power stroke. What kind of parts you got? And, you know, you look out there and there's like, I mean, they're on to the 6.4 power stroke. They're on to the, the 6.7 or the 6.0, and no one wants to deal with it. <clears throat> but it's almost like the whole market has reversed itself or it's starting to in a way where, all those platforms, even though they haven't been made in 22 years, there's companies like yourself and enthusiasts and owners out there that are clamoring for, hey, we need this part. Hey, we want this. Hey, there's a fix for this. Just to see a, a market reemerge is really cool. And, and we touched on it on some other episodes, like with the 6-liter. And you know, Jaron Holder and some of the other guys were like, man, these things, people thought the 6 the 6.0 was dead and look at it now. And we're yeah. seeing that with, the 94 to 97s and, and other models as well. I wanted to, wanted to ask you guys a bit about that. Like, what kind of feedback do you get from these manufacturers or these companies that can make these parts that, that you guys need and, and want to offer? Are they more receptive? Or are they saying, hey, we're seeing this too. How can we help you? You know, sometimes uh, you call a manufacturer and they just kind of look at you like a cow looking at a new gate. They, they, they don't know what to think about having to go back 25 years into their uh, archives and blow the dust off of their old uh, <laughs> their old drawings and go, yeah, I, I can I can remake that for you, you know. But then, then you get some companies that you call them up and say, hey, man, I need this made. You know, we, we can definitely sell, you know, five of them a, a month, even, even just at five a month. And the first thing they do is, yeah, man, because there's, there's no emissions requirements on them, so... There's there's no quote unquote chance of getting in trouble with the government and and doing something that may or may not be illegal depending on how somebody is interpreting the law. And there's as we stated many times in this this conversation, they're simple. So a lot of the parts you need made or remade or fixed or redone, they're they're simple. So people jump on them because they like making easy stuff. When you complicate things and you have to figure out a way to make a, a turbo f kit fit around an EGR valve and work with a DPF and not have too much soot load on the truck, that is a whole different ball of wax. When you call up and say, I need a turbo that's going to make 400 horsepower on a set of this size injectors, it's pretty easy to do, you know. Yeah, I think the, the really important thing that, you know, when I, when I look back, I think of like IDI mm -hmm. owners. They have a very loyal following, yeah. and at one point, like like you mentioned with ATS and banks, and I think Hypermax had parts for it. It's mm -hmm. kind of like yeah. it all dried up, and there were there's smaller places that do specialize in things, but it's it's not wanting to see that same thing happen to these other engines and these other year ranges. 
that I think is so important and it's so cool why it's awesome to do an episode like this about a truck that hasn't been new in 20-plus years is it, it's not dying. There are enthusiasts. There are companies. There are people buying them. There are the SEMA builds that we see with the newer suspension and the powder-coated you know, frame and suspension parts and 40s and everything else. And just as an enthusiast, you don't even have to be a Power Stroke fan or a Ford fan. Just to see that is, is so, I don't, know, I don't know what the word for it is, but it's, it's cool to see that just because I, something's I old, it, it's not dying out. I think at the end of the day, if you're a motive enthusiast and you really like you know, car shows and you like customizing vehicles, then, then you're, you're <clears> glad to see it. You're glad to see improvement in the, uh, in the industry and maybe you know, these older trucks actually something being done with them. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it is it is awesome, and it's awesome for us. I mean, obviously for more than one uh, more than one reason. But you know, we we're I don't know, you know, really a better word, but you know, we're passionate about these trucks. It's the you know, we drove these trucks when we were in high school. We've got a small collection of them. You know, we buy and sell them. Um, you know, it's just I guess it's a thing for us. You know, it's like these these older trucks are are where it's at for us. You know, it's, it's you almost have to have to me, you have to have deeper roots to really want to learn about these older trucks and than to just, you know, buy parts and sell them and whatnot. That makes sense. Well, I'm sure we've got a lot of listeners out there that are, they're either they already own this truck or they're thinking about buying it. Where can they find you guys on social media or get in contact with you to either say, hey, I'm looking for one. What do you guys have? Can you sell me one? Or I've got one. I want to do this to it. Can you guys sell me these parts? So as far as as far as parts go, we're uh, we try to have as big of a presence as we can on on you know so or as far as social media, Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that. Um, we run under uh, under CP Addict on uh, on Instagram, under Complete Performance on Facebook. Um, our website's www.cpaddict.com. Um, and as far as buying a truck, we uh, we actually it's a it's a separate company. It's called Handpicked Trucks. It um. It does nothing but specialize in 94 and a half to 97 power strokes. Um, you know, maybe we'll eventually get into the into the little bit older trucks as far as like maybe the older Broncos and stuff like that. But you know, we we do a lot with the with the early diesel, the, the early Ford diesel trucks, um, just because of that's. Go ahead. Yeah, we we also have a YouTube channel where we try and do product install videos, um, shoot videos on customers' trucks. Um, talk about what our passions are for the trucks, what we would like to see future-wise. We also have uh, been kicking around the ideas of doing like a customer episode where we get questions from customers and we answer those questions and things like that. So we're we're always trying to do something new on YouTube so people can kind of stay fresh on that. And like Chris said, you know, with Instagram and the Facebook, and then we have the handpicked trucks website that draws people in, you know, that are looking for that quote-unquote barn find on a, on a vehicle. So we, we've, we've been trying to stay as relevant as possible to people, you know? That hand-picked, just the name is perfect because, like, someone like me, I'm super, I, I love a clean truck. I don't care what brand it is. It's just, and it can be so hit or miss out there on, on you know, in the marketplace trying to find a truck. And it would be, it's so cool to think, hey, I can go someplace. It's already been looked over. You already know as much about it as you can by, you know, the experience that you guys have and the knowledge, and that's what your business is. I can find one. 
Well, and that's what we're trying to do with that company is, I mean, the trucks have original wheels on them. They have original pinstriping on them. They have original paint. They, you know, if, if the tires have less than 60% tread, we put brand new tires on them. We change the engine oil. You know, coolant bottles are changed. Uh, Basically, the idea is, is you walk into our showroom and you buy a truck like you'd have bought from Ford at 96. Like, it's right. that clean. You know, it's it's that idea that you walk in, you're like, man, this is the truck I wanted to buy, and I didn't quite have enough money to buy it back then. You know, that that idea. Like, we decided when we wanted to buy and sell trucks, we didn't want to be just a used car lot that just sold trucks. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you guys have put a pretty good sales pitch on me for a 94 and a half and 97. <laughs> but what would it take to handpick a second-gen P-Pump 12 valve for me? <laughs> you, you know, that's actually a much harder job to do because so many of those trucks are so wore out. They're so hard to find such a nice one. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, you might as well have a $30,000 budget if you want to buy a nice one. I mean, it depends. Do you want a dash or no dash in your truck? That's, that's, that's a, I mean, it, it works for extra storage when you have no dash because you can just throw stuff up there and it stays. But it, it makes it harder to find a nicer, nicer truck. And it had been cool to just be, like, a little bit older back then and be in a position to be able to pick, you know, when these trucks were all brand new. I'm not oh, going to include the GMs in those, but, like, because, I mean, the 6265, it never really appealed to me to own one of those, but, like, for the 12-valve or, or the, you know, the power strokes, like, it, man, you, I can't you, know, you. you bring that up that you'd be surprised that there are actually people that did that. We've actually got a customer that's got a crew cab short bed four-wheel drive that's got 4,400 miles on it. Jeez. I've tried to buy it a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It's a it's a fully option truck. I mean, all the way down to an option CD player. Whole nine yards in this truck looks like brand new. I, I know I know for a fact the guy turned down what he paid for the truck from the Ford dealership that he bought it from new. I think that's the thing we talked about it earlier on. Is like. You know, you can go buy a 2019 truck, and it's going to have 10 miles or 3 miles on the odometer. It's easy to keep clean. Everything works. And that's great. And, I mean, I, I would love that as well. There, there are benefits to the newer ones. But the enthusiast in me likes that older, clean truck where, like, this is 25 years old or this is 22 years old or whoever old it is. And it's just the interior is nice. The glass is nice. The paint's original and nice. And, you know, it's just, it starts up, and I don't know, it's just something about the older trucks. That, well, it takes uh, some pretty serious effort to be able to, to get those trucks in, in that condition. You know, you don't just, you don't just yeah. buy, you know, 10 or 15 of them from around town. You know, you've got to source these things from everywhere you can find them. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a distinct sound and smell that comes from an original truck. An original 7.3 Power Stroke that's running with the original cat, muffler, all that. It has a distinct smell when it's running, and those trucks have a very distinct sound that I think a lot of people, it's a flashback in their memory to seeing the truck at Walmart somewhere or at a gas station, or they they remember seeing them new on the Ford lot somewhere, you know? Yeah. It really it really okay. attacks people's, you know, sensory emotions. You know, you, you see, it's funny how smells or sounds or whatever, you know, really bring back a lot of memories, and I think that's, you know, that's part of what makes these things what they are, you know what I mean? 
I think that that's what brings all, no matter what brand's our favorite one or what we drive. You know, I grew up around Fords and Power Strokes. That's what my dad had. And, you know, being rebellious, I had to go the opposite direction. So I couldn't drive a Ford or anything. So, but I, I remember 12 valves. It's like even brand new, they were loud, and they, you know, they just had a, a sound and a smell and a look. It's just no matter what kind of truck I've been around, no matter how fancy they are, no matter what event it's at or how nice they are, I still Nothing go back to that. a smile on your face like those trucks, right? Yeah, yeah, just, and it's, it's all emotional, you know, or it's all going back to a, a period in time. But, yeah, you really hit the nail on the head there with, with the appeal of it. And I think an episode like this is fantastic to do. And I definitely want to do another one with you guys, you know, in the future. We get so much feedback from these episodes where there's going to be tons of questions that, that come of it that, you know, we didn't touch on. So, I, think I mean, I appreciate it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, so that I appreciate you guys' time and, and what you guys are doing in the marketplace and in the community to be able to keep this alive and offer parts because when we buy it, an older truck, we don't want to buy something and it's like we're out of luck. There's, there's no aftermarket. There's no support. Nobody does anything for it. We don't want that. And you guys you know are – go ahead. Oh, I was say you guys are, you know, making sure that that's not going to happen on, on, uh, on this year range. Well – we, we've been in the diesel market, you know, we touched on it for, for 10 years, and, and we started out, and we were going to be the, the the baddest dudes on the planet, I guess, if you will, as far as, you know, doing trucks and whatnot, and you, you look in and you see guys like Ryan Milliken or, or, or Dorian over at PSE or whatnot, you know, and, and how well they're doing in, in, in their particular field because that's what they've chosen to, to do. And, and we realized that our market base and our customers and who we enjoyed talking to and dealing with and, and the trucks that we enjoyed dealing with were the 94 to 97 Power Strokes. I mean, that's like Chris stated, we, you know, that's what we drove in high school. That was our first trucks. Our family had those trucks. So, you know, we made a drastic change in our company almost two years ago to say, this is what we're going to do from here on out, and we're going to work on these. And man, it's it's the response has been overwhelming. Yeah, the, the the customers and like you said, you know, you you get a lot of response from these shows. I I think it'd be neat to 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 put in the the podcast there. You know, if people have questions, you know, to email you in questions that they want answered, and, and we would be glad to do another show like a with, Q and A or something. Yeah, like, like that. a like a Q and A type type scenario, or you know, or you know, if 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 they've got things that we touched on that they would like expanded upon or, or different things like that, I think it would be neat to get some, some interaction with the, the demographic that we're going for because without our customer base, we are absolutely nothing. So if we can help customers get parts that they have been looking for but don't necessarily have the means to, or even, even on the flip-flop of that, if somebody out there that is listening to the podcast has a product that they're trying to get to the market, but they prefer manufacturing the part rather than the actual logistics of, of selling it to the direct customer. You know, it'd be fun to, to, to have a show talking back and forth about those, those two scenarios. That's a really good point for the listeners out there. Go to CP Addicts, you know, on Instagram or the Diesel Podcast on Instagram or Complete Performance on Facebook. And any questions that come from this episode that, that you want to know or, or parts or things like that, you know, let one of us know, and, and uh, we'll definitely get it on a podcast. And I appreciate you guys' time today, you know, yeah. chatting with us and, and, and educating educating me on the 94.5 to 97.73 Power Stroke. And uh, just talking about old trucks, man, that's, that's uh, 
It keeps a lot of us going and a lot of us interested, you know. Right, and and I think we could probably sit and actually talk all day about these things, you know, and and, oh, yeah. and still still never run out. And you're going to have memories of something in your childhood and one, and I'm going to have one, and we just go back and forth all day long. And that's that's the beauty of this whole thing is is being able to relate to one another. I mean, you and I would have never known each other had it not been for something along these lines, you know, and. Yeah. and and now we can we can sit and and talk and reminisce and, and it's like we're you know like we've known each other for our entire lives based off based off of a truck connection an enthusiast uh, an enthusiasm for you know the same thing. That is one hundred percent correct. That's what's so cool about I think this industry, this community, and you know podcasts and what you guys are doing and your YouTube channel and all those things is doesn't matter the brand, doesn't matter the year, doesn't matter the torque number. It's it's just we're we're all drawn by the the diesel engine, the, the power plant, the the culture of it, the lifestyle. I think is is really the word for it, the lifestyle that we all have with yep. it, whether we work in it, use it for work, or you know, we're reading magazines, going on websites, going on forums, checking different things on social media. Yep, it 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 has become its own culture. I can remember, you know. 15 years ago when there wasn't even any diesel magazines out there, you were lucky if Peterson's four-wheel drive did a, did a quick excerpt on, on somebody's diesel pickup that they had lifted, you know. And now it's awesome to have stuff like your show, you know, with the podcast and then having the diesel magazines and having all the events around the country that you get to go to. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely grown and, and uh, it's like I said before, it's really cool to see what you guys are doing. Not, not letting a platform just kind of fade away because there's so many benefits to it and so, so much upside. And and so yeah, we'll we'll get the questions together. I'm sure, sure Diesel Nation out there will let us know what kind of questions they got and <laughs> things you guys here let us know. And uh, yeah, we'll get you guys back on and 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 uh, chat about some more Power Stroke stuff. Awesome, man. Well, it was good talking with you, man. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and hit up Amsoil. If you're looking for filters, need to change the oil in your truck, looking for some better fuel economy, less wear on your engine. They've got a ton of different products for you to, to meet your goals, whether you got an older diesel, newer one, Cummins, Duramax, or PowerStroke, they've got you covered. And also Alligator Performance. Make sure you go to their website. It's alligatorperformance.com. Got some sales going now on a ton of cool different parts. And if you're looking for a really in-depth build or just some things to help, you know, lower EGTs, get a little bit more performance, they carry a ton of different brands. You got free shipping promos, tons of different things. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.